Welcome to Warren Radio. With your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Battle Lines. I am Tower, and we're glad you joined us on Warren Radio Battle Lines by Bright Broadcast. We feature an in-depth biblical study each week. And all correspondence and inquiries of broadcast of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is the ninth day of January 2020, and our scripture reading this week is Genesis chapter 47, starting at verse 28 through chapter 50, verse 26, 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and the New Testament portion is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. You can join us on USA.life and also on MeWe, that's W or M-E-W-E. Look for hashtag Warren Radio. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. On LinkedIn, you can find us by hashtag Watchman. And you can listen to us. Warren Radio Network is available through these carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Attic, CastBox, Google Podcast, also on Deezer. And on our websites, via the Spreaker app, it's um, on warren-usa.com and dataglennsmith.com. I want to encourage you to take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchmen and to pass them along to your friends and relatives. They're really important for this day and age we're living in. And this week we feature Christian Persuasion, Persistence, and Perfection. Christian Persuasion, a conversation on and about post-Christian era in America and the nations. Is the Christian era ending? This has been a topic of much discussion. In light of these end of days, there is a sure answer. There is a path to which Christians walk and a light to which they are to testify. This is the truth. Christianity is alive in spite of the rumors of its demise. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the center of what people believe. He is alive and coming soon. Also, the last day mark of Cain. The last day mark of Cain and these prophetic end of days join together in the lawlessness of today. We live in the era when this mark is clearly seen. The consequences thereof will continue until the coming of the Lord. Unless he comes, there is clear evidence that no flesh would be left alive. It is also clear today that there are those in this world who would stop at nothing to get their plans fulfilled. 
And tonight on the show, we're in Isaiah's prophetic book, part 31, The Burden of Egypt. In The Burden of Egypt, we find much today in our reading of Egypt. The distance between the Old and New Testament is only paralleled by the prophecies of the Lord. Isaiah's prophecies of bringing of things to come and much historical data is here. But we also find future fulfillment lessons and those direct lines to the Lord of Lord and Kings of King of Kings. He is coming and his messianic kingdom will be set up. Yeshua Hamashiach will rule and reign with a rod of iron for a thousand years. And now I welcome in the watchman. You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's going on? Well, we're here on a Thursday, and we are <clears throat> one day short of uh, almost a third of the way through the month. I know. It's and, unbelievable. Uh, you know, it seemed like we were just beginning winter, and now here we are in uh, January, you know. It just surprises I'm me. spring. Yeah, it does yeah. too, but I'm heading towards spring. So at any rate, a lot of stuff going on in the world, a lot of stuff going on uh, in America, but uh, we're not going to really take time to talk about it. You can read all the news. You know, sometimes we'll talk about it. Tonight we are in a great book, Isaiah, and this is part 31. We are going to get into some nitty-gritty. I think that... Uh, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be exciting to understand that Isaiah so long ago uh, actually prophesied stuff that uh, sounds so much like today. It just amazes me. For it years and years, I've been teaching out of the Tanakh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, both both of them. And uh, it just never ceases to amaze me. You know, as as People need to understand your New Testament came from the apostles who had the anointing of apostleship and that which the Holy Ghost revealed to them. And they got it from the Tanakh. They read the Tanakh, the Old Testament, as we know it. They got all your lessons, your grace, mercy and everything. I've got an article I'm working on. Uh, I haven't started yet because I've been working on my book, but I've got an article set and and in it, I'm going to relate exactly what happened to an old Testament character. And the same thing can happen to you today. And it's something really, really good. So uh, we will be uh, discussing. I will be writing that the good Lord willing and the crick don't rise. But great. uh, Interesting. But at any rate, uh, we are in 2020, which, uh, you know, it's really funny. You talk about the year 2020. It was 2019. 
Well, you know, one of the things we do in the world is we like to rate things. So if you have 20-20 vision, you've got perfect vision. And it's really (laughs) funny that we are in a year of 2020 and so many people are blinded. Look at how how divided we are in America. Look at how a lot of people are. And, uh, you know... It's just amazing. There are a lot of people, folks, that are blinded. There's a lot of a lot of people that are caught up in so many different things, and they think it's fine. Remember, the scripture warned us, you know, that there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but in the end it brings forth death. And there are many That's nations right. and many people today that are pursuing avenues that they think that they think it's going to bring them something like eternal life, and it's it'll never happen. Uh, So that's why we're here as light. So in this 2020, this is a good thing for us. Have 2020 vision in 2020 with 2020 Holy Spirit revelation. Yeah, I like that. That's good. So remember that, Tower. Maybe we can make some cups and (laughs) T-shirts. There you go. That sounds like a good plan. So at any rate... We are just plugging along, plugging along, and uh, glad to be in 2020. It's really kind of weird being in 2020. And so it's it's just kind of funny when you think about it. Yeah. So at any rate... I was thinking about that 2020 vision in 2020. I was, you know, it's so true. I got to thinking about that. It's just amazing because uh, the other day, one of our listeners uh, sent us another article and uh, it was describing, uh, well, by the time you got done reading it, you'd have thought everybody in, in, especially in America is nuts. Because there are so many things going on, so many preposterous, dumb things that are going on here. We have anything but 2020 vision in this country. So uh, at any rate, many people don't see it. I think a lot of people are so busy they don't see it. Um, You know, uh, I, you know, look over some of the news and things like that, but uh, Basically, I don't spend a lot of time on it because I'm busy doing other stuff, and I, I I can't. So at any rate, I was going to tell you, too, uh, on our social uh, feeds and stuff, uh, we are really not active on our Facebook anymore. Facebook is, uh, you know, they did... Uh, cancel a bunch of our posts I decided to get off of it because some time ago when I was putting stuff I had a program that tracked all of our posts and found out that there was no action we have a lot of people that are friends on that and everything but there's no real action they don't go anywhere they just sit there and like or whatever and put their stuff down so at any rate uh, you know we are really um, developing uh, Life, MeWe uh, and, uh, oh, you know, on, on me, we, 
we have uh, a number of people there. We have, uh, you know, it's growing over on USA.life. But uh, uh, Facebook is just one of those uh, apps right now that I, I haven't been interested in Facebook for a long time. But, uh, uh, you know, so for the sites and things like that, we won't be doing anything. And it will be officially ended uh, probably by the end of this month. We are on Tumblr, but uh, our posts are pretty much automated to go there. We're on uh, Twitter. We have a lot of automation, uh, you know, coming from our sites. Uh, and I say automation. I mean, I I prepare them and put them up there and schedule them. That's what I mean. And uh, when we publish something, uh, the program will publish it. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to spend hours on Twitter. I'm not going to spend hours on social sites. That's just dumb as far as I'm concerned. Social sites are not social. (laughs) That's for sure. You know, social is when you're with people, human beings, and you're standing around and you're talking or eating or whatever. That's social. You know, uh, even if we get into the robot age, being with a frickin' robot is not social. Those robots will be all pre-programmed. Artificial intelligence. Oh, dear God in heaven, yeah. help us. That's scary. Yeah. Well, at any rate, I'm going to do this. Okay. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. We are uh, right now... Uh, we had left off at Isaiah eighteen seven. Now, the one part that I'm excited to get into is uh, 19. We got to finish this one. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're coming up to some really, really, really exciting scriptures. We've got, you know, throughout the book of Isaiah, we have some of the most magnificent prophecies of the Messiah uh, of any book in the Bible. Uh, but at any rate, Isaiah eighteen seven. In that time shall the present be brought unto the Lord of hosts, a people scattered and peeled, and from a people terrible from their beginning, hitherto a nation meted out and trodden underfoot, whose land the rivers have spoiled, to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, the Mount Zion. And, of course, if you're not sure where we left off, this is the last verse of the whole thing. And this sums up the judgment that we were talking about in that, an act of divine judgment. And this this is what this is talking about. And it's, you know, when you're, if you're at war, if you have trouble, or if you're a watchman on the wall and the city becomes surrounded or you see the enemy coming, you blow the trumpet. Uh, you know, trumpets uh, are well known throughout uh, the use uh, in the Old Testament, especially through Israel and the feasts and the chain, you know, when you have a new moon and many, many other things. They have three different uh, uh sounds of the shofar that they blow and uh, today when we look in the New Testament we have trumpets and 
you know, the last Trump Paul talks about. We have a lot of this stuff. And see, when God does judgment and he brings judgment on a people or he brings, um, and this happens a lot, you know, uh, and we've been talking about Sennacherib and, you know, Egypt and Ethiopia. And there was a lot of nations that were concerned about this power. They were, the Assyrians were very, very terrible. They had a lot of it. And we went into some of the history of all this and a lot of this, uh, you know, came to the point that they were under the rule of Sennacherib going to destroy Judah, and the people of Egypt thought that they would do it, end up doing it, uh, you know, but uh, it would be on the way to destroy Egypt. But Egypt for herself has always been known as having um, some very, very fierce warriors there, and we might get into that a little later. But you know, the thing here is, is that we see that he's talking in the last phrase to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, the Mount Zion. And see, in the world, there will be this place called Mount Zion. Now, there is a place today in Jerusalem. But the fact of it is, these things signify the Lord of hosts or the Lord over all agencies, or he's talking of Yahweh here, Jehovah. The Mount Zion, Zion, of course, is that place of uh, place where the king is going to be, Yahshua. And there's going to be a temple. There's going to be a mount. And everybody will come. Uh, all the nations will flow into it. And, of course, as Christians, we see a thousand-year millennium but even in the Old Testament, even with the prophets and the judgment, judgment was always a place to bring people to God. It was a place, for instance, in the judgment of Judah to bring them back to the Lord where they needed to be. And although they went into captivity for seven years, they did come back and Babylon itself was judged. And here you see the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous, uh, Judah being the special uh, people of the Lord uh, were delivered by the hand of actually Persia and Cyrus who defeated Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar by that time had been gone. And so they went back to Jerusalem and in the center of, of the prophetic line, and the center of the universe and the center of the world and the center of prophecy is Jerusalem many times. But having said that, the focus in the New Testament, see, in the Old Testament, the vine was Israel. Of course, Israel got judged and went into two houses in the New Testament the Lord says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. He is now the vine, and the center is around him. But he is not done, and you know, with Israel at all. So it's coming first full circle, because God always intended to send a redeemer. 
And in that time shall the present be brought unto the Lord of hosts, the people scattered and peeled from a people terrible from their beginning. And one thing I wanted to read about that is Zechariah uh, 14, 5 through 19. And it says, and you shall flee to the valley of the mountains. He's speaking of Judah now. The battle has already started by now. They're surrounded Jerusalem. They've taken um, the new part of Jerusalem. The old part is what remains. And you will flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Yea, you shall flee like as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with thee. Now that is, according to my uh, Zechariah's point, that will match up with revelation and the coming of the Lord. We see in Zechariah's account, uh, the prophets look from the coming of the Lord. Now at the time, they didn't see everything. In prophecy, it looks over over the humps in history, over the high parts of prophetic uh, awareness that God is releasing. Well, the New Testament through the apostles, especially through John at the time, we got a lot of the details. So we have more details. But he knew that it would be centered around there at this time, that when this attack came, when when they were threatened, the Lord would come back with all the saints. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear or dark. Now, see, this is another thing. The day itself is going to be totally different, unlike any other. And if you've ever lived in Alaska like we have and many others, you go to the show like at 11 o'clock at night. You get out at 1 or 2 in the morning, and it's like a gray haze. It never gets dark there in the summertime. It's an amazing thing. And so this is talking about a day that is not light and it's not dark. It's in between. And it says, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord and not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at even time it shall be light. So it's not going to be day or night, but in the evening when it's supposed to be dark, it's going to be light. So everything is turning around. There's things that are changing. It shall be in that day that living water shall flow out from Jerusalem. Now, these living waters are described by Ezekiel as as the third temple, literally. Half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea in summer and winter shall it be. Now, the waters that are coming out of the temple, this is another thing that Ezekiel says. There will be healing waters. And so when the millennium starts and when this battle is over, that you will have this and the Lord, the king, will set himself up in the temple and the waters will flow out and the waters will go into uh, all the seas and the seas will be instantly healed. And as the water is healed and touches the land, the land that was soured and cursed and everything would become healed. And so there is a, and um, there's this healing that goes on from these waters. That's why they call them living waters. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. 
And all the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Ramon, south of Jerusalem. It shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place. So now remember, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that goes on during this. And we're going to get to that. And it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin Gate, uh, I, I, uh, let's see, under the place of the first gate, under the corner gate, from the tower of Hananiel, under the king's wine presses. And men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. Now, see, not only will Jerusalem, but this will be the start of the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. Now, there's going to be things that are going to come against Jerusalem, and there will be a plague. Now, there's more news about this, more scriptures, but we're reading this. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. Now, most people, when they see this description, this resembles when a nuclear bomb goes off and people are in the presence because of the heat of it, it simply strips everything off of them. Now, I look at this as well as being in the presence of the Lord when he comes. When he comes, the saints themselves will not be bothered by it because they'll be just like him. Scripture tells us, that when we see him, we shall be like him, you know, when he comes, that we'll be changed in an instant. And it'll be because when we see him, when he comes, we'll be changed to be just like him. So his appearance is not going to harm us. We're going to be made like him because we've been given the powers to become the sons of God. And part of that fruit, and that tells us uh, this in John chapter 1, the power to become. Well, we're going to be fully these sons uh, when the Lord comes again. Now, when he comes and there's all the enemies that are fighting against Jerusalem, their enemies, the minute they see him, there's not going to be anything left. So, so there is a couple of ideas here. One, it could be nuclear that happens, and a lot of people that are looking at prophecy think of that. Others, I think of the fact that the Lord comes, they're, they're all lined up there, and immediately the enemies are going to melt away to nothing because uh, the Lord is a consuming fire. Uh, and that's why Moses couldn't see the Lord, but the Lord had to actually uh, cover him to protect him. Uh, because no man has ever seen the face of the Lord and lived. That's because he is holiness and sin cannot exist with him or near him. He's holy. And then uh, it says, It shall come to pass in the day a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them. They shall lay hold everyone on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. Now, this next section talks about the fact that as the Lord, he's coming back. But this is a description of what happened to those that are there. Now, this is not necessarily in the time frame of events it, because it talks about a great tumult. Now, see, when Jerusalem falls, part of it falls, but there's going to be a big battle. And, you know, and it tells you it's really interesting 
And it shall come to pass that they shall lay a hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. Now see, they're all fighting at Jerusalem, and surrounding Jerusalem are the armies of the world led by the last great Gentile leader known as the beast or the Antichrist and his false prophet. So the Gentile nations will have one last great Gentile leader like never before, and this will be the beast who who, who is uh, <laughs> the devil incarnate, just like Christ was incarnate. But this, this devil is going to lose. And, uh, and so shall be the plague of the horse, mule, the camel, the ass, and all the beasts shall be in these tents as this plague. So everything on the side of the enemy is going to be totally destroyed. You find the same thing when you have the plagues that come against uh, Pharaoh. There was plagues that affected Pharaoh and his animals and stock and cattle and sheep and things. But it did not affect the Israelites who were in the land of Goshen. It didn't affect their animals at all. So understand that a lot of the stuff that's said here, we can actually trace this in Scripture. It, it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which shall come against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This also tells you that not everybody in the world is going to die. There's going to be people left in the world that don't know the Lord that are practically heathen. And at this time, they'll go up to Jerusalem from year to year, and uh, there's going to be some that won't want to go. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, in upon, even upon them shall be no rain. So they'll receive no rain, and it'll cause a drought. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not that have no rain, there shall be a plague. Now, see, this is Egypt. Egypt is the one. There's a lot of good things spoken of Egypt, even in this chapter 19. But Egypt themselves had always come against uh, uh, the Lord God and paid dearly. But there is a place for Egypt here uh, extensively, the scripture speaks of. The Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, one of the reasons why you need to come is because the Feast of Tabernacles is actually a feast and it's uh, a prophecy of things that are going to come, shadows of things to come, which is the temple in which uh, the Lord will set up as rain, his reign for a thousand years. He will set up his tabernacle to rule and reign from it. And this shall be the punishment of Egypt, the punishment of all nations that come up, come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, and so it's important. It's important here because that scripture in Zechariah specifically targets Egypt. It is absolutely amazing when you think about this because um, in chapter 19, Kyle and Delish talk a little bit about it in this phase we're looking at. It. Let's look at verse 1, uh, Isaiah 19, 1, the burden or 
Uh, it's Massa, uh, M-A-S-S-A, the burden and utterance, and it means doom. You know, it's this thing that uh, Isaiah has seen, and he's telling them the burden of Egypt. Behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud uh, and shall come into Egypt, and the idols of Egypt shall be moved as his presence, and the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. And this is really interesting because if you you go into Moses and the plagues and how God dealt with Egypt, you know, the thing of it is Egypt was moved uh, because of the plagues. Matter of fact, before the plagues, uh, Egypt was pretty powerful. Remember, they were the only nation uh, for a long time that had any food because Joseph had uh, interpreted the dream and he was made the second most important in, in all of Egypt. And he married, uh, you know, the priestess, uh, uh, the priest's uh, daughter. Uh, they were heathen, but she saw the power of God and I'm certain that she came to the Lord. But anyway, Ephraim and Manasseh came out of uh, the loins of uh, Joseph. And really that union is the first union we have where we see the Gentiles, which incorporate all of the nations, the Goyim, uh, being introduced into the line of the children of Israel. And it happened there um, with Joseph. And so there's special regard from the Lord as well as warning regarding um, Egypt. And people, uh, you know, if, if you're studying prophecy and you look at it, you know that what the scripture talks about Egypt. But see, Egypt, the problem with Egypt, uh, you know, and of course, uh, Israel got in trouble. As a matter of fact, when they got in real big trouble, especially when Babylon invaded, a bunch of them wanted to go down into Egypt to be safe because they had looked to Egypt for help. It's kind of funny because they went to Egypt before, before they were a nation, uh, and, uh, you know, that's where um, Joseph was sold into slavery, and then his brothers came. You know the whole story of all of that. So Egypt has always been that kind of relationship for not just Israel, but the nations. But the problem of it is, is the idolatry of Egypt flooded into Israel as well. And it even did so during the time of Solomon, because Solomon had a lot of wives, and it's and and uh, when you get at the end of Solomon's reign, his wives it says turned his heart against the Lord, and uh, Israel got so bad that they were sacrificing their children unto Baal. So a lot of the idols now Egypt had Osiris, Isis, Apis, Seraphis, Vulcan, Bubatis. Uh, they also worship living creatures like cats, dogs, frogs, oxen, sheep. Uh, they had images that were made with hands. Well, so did Israel. That's where they got the golden calf from. And uh, that's how they learned, uh, you know, to do a lot of the uh, images that they did. They would take a tree and carve it and put gold or silver around about it and make an idol out of it. That's what they did with the golden calf as well. They didn't have a lot of wood out there, but they managed to make this uh, this thing that they danced around. And so, uh, you know, during the time, even 
in the time that Isaiah, he's looking forward to this. Um, Judah always had a high regard for Egypt as allies because Israel itself always looked to Egypt. It was usually, um, you know, the Philistines that uh, uh, David was always fighting against, among others. And it's not uncommon that uh, Egypt's idols then would make their way into the Jewish life and worship, which they did. Uh, so, Kyle and Delish point out that facing Egypt uh, in this regard from Isaiah would be national calamities, anarchic commotion, revolution, and physical sufferings. Now, all of that would have been under the direction of Yahweh. But the thing of it is, history tells us, in fact, they did have a lot of uh, internal strife. And, and it became a judgment of God. They became divided. They became, uh, you know, th- there was different groups that were trying to run the country. Uh, and so, folks, when we go through this, we're actually going to see some stuff. Like we can go through America right now and we can see the divide. Uh, and, you know, the first time I wrote of the uh, Second American Civil War was before it, it was right around the year 2000 or a little before. It was somewhere in a time frame in there. And then our sights got hit and uh, I had to find the old copy and I had to rewrite it. And I've written it a couple of times. I don't even know if I got a copy anymore because I don't even mess with it anymore. But everybody, you know, a lot of people talk about the next civil war, especially with Trump being up there. You don't want a civil war in America, but we have scriptural um, uh, scriptural evidence here prophetically that God does work in nations like this. And the, F, the whole thing is to bring this awakening to the people so they will shake themselves and say, you know, I need to stop this. This isn't getting me nowhere. I mean, you would think that in America we could do that ourselves, but the people can't. You know, entire nations become blinded. Uh, you look at the Japanese, uh, you know, in Hirohito, uh, you know, you you had uh, during World War II, uh, some of the best generals, they were fierce fighters. Um, and uh, they would uh, dive bomb into boats, uh, and they weren't, weren't afraid to die. They were dying for the emperor. And you couldn't tell them anything. You couldn't tell them not to do it. The only way to get them uh, awakened was to defeat them, and that's what happened. But a lot of a lot of the boys and even the girls died in the South Pacific. My dad was a Navy medic in the South Pacific. And so when I talk of the South Pacific, I have family ties out there. And it's kind of, uh, we knew people from the South Pacific, uh, Tower and I did. Um, and so, you know, when nations go to the point where you can't reach them and they're not listening to God and are falling off into the pit of just pure debauchery, God does something and moves. He will shake them up. And uh, we are in the end of days, and uh, God is shaking up America. Now, are we going to be totally destroyed tomorrow? No. But I can tell you 
that it's hard to stand up and ask God for mercy when we are murdering babies the way we are, when we have the per- people who do a lot of the murdering. Planned Parenthood last year, they uh, they came out not too long ago saying they celebrated the most abortions ever. There were, make no mistake, we're killing babies here, okay? This is blood. It's blood guiltiness. They don't realize that every ounce of that blood of innocence is being sacrificed to the devil, to Satan. I don't know if you understand that, but that's where that goes, because God considers it a curse, and he warns about it. I've taught about it, and this is why, you know, and what do we have? We have women that are willing to die just to have an abortion. You know, we have women that are standing up, and, and even guys, you know, we're so screwed up today with so many things. And But see, when God brings judgment, he does it for a reason, and that is to get your attention, and the end result is to get your attention, and it's going to hurt, believe me. And he's going to bring you to that point of making a decision. And you will have the choice in that pressure, in that uncomfortable state, to make a decision. You can eat, and, and you will know what it is that, you know, when you're right on that line, there there is a good and a bad. There's there's decisions that you can make. God help you if you make the wrong decision. A lot of people make the wrong decision. They'll commit suicide. They'll jump off a bridge or whatever because they do not listen to the right voice. And this is the problem we have in the world today. And it's the same problem we had, you know, in the time of Isaiah, even in the time of David. God was always involved in the nations. So the Lord Jehovah would come, this first verse, on a light cloud, this whole thing, this burden, on on a swift cloud. That word swift in the English is translated actually light cloud. And the the light clouds, not the dark, dense ones, are the ones that uh, move the fastest. When you take the winds and the turbulence and stuff like that, they move. So he is seen as moving on a swift cloud. This is interesting. <laughs> because the apostles saw the Lord rising in what? A cloud. He comes back on a cloud. It's interesting when we look at cloud. When we look at that which is in the sky, he comes on. And one of the reasons it's so perplexing is nobody can stand in a cloud. Planes go through clouds. Clouds can form into tornadoes with a little help. But nobody can stand on one. They can form into a tornado, and then they can pick you up and toss you around and kill you. But you can't stand on a cloud, but the Lord of Lords can stand on a cloud. And see, symbolically, prophetically, he comes like that. You can't stop it. You can't stand on it. It comes quickly. And you might see that light cloud, but before you know it, it's on top of you. And uh, it says, shall come into Egypt. And, of course, it also designates the state of, of who's writing. His majesty, his glory, his power, 
And this is the one who not only is riding on the clouds, but he has the power to ride on the clouds. He has the power to create the clouds. He has the power to stand on that cloud. He has the power to judge whatever he wants to. He has the power as judge, true and righteous, to do what his righteousness dictates. And not even the gods of Egypt could stop him. They couldn't do it in the time of Moses. Uh, Firepower isn't going to stop him. But see, one day uh, there is going to be that deceiver. I call him the dark one. And he'll set himself up in the temple of God saying, "Is, is God. He will have signs and wonders that accompany him. He will literally be given the power to overtake the world, and you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark. Well, folks, we're already there today, especially when you think of the fact that for a long time in prophecy, we used to look at the fact we're looking for a one-world currency. For years and years, we did it. It was long before we got into the digital age. The minute we got into the digital age, I realized something. The Lord showed me that you don't need to worry about a one world currency because that's what we figured you'd need. Everybody has to have the same kind of money. How else can he stop you? Well, it's easy. Digital. Digital doesn't recognize your different denominations. It doesn't matter. In a digital world, banks are transferring stuff all the time. And they transfer dollars to pounds, to reals, to whatever it is. And nobody needs, uh, you know, a counter there. It's in the digital. The formulas have been put in there. And it just goes through. So when the dark one comes, it's over, baby. He will just utilize what's already been accomplished. Now, I can tell you right now, in North Korea and in China both, these are in the time of the night, as I was talking about yesterday. And the time of the night, especially with China, they're creating a whole social grading scale where you can't do nothing. You can't vote, and they will get it down to where you can't buy or eat or anything else. This is the kind of system that's going to be initiated, and it's going to use the Internet. But the Internet, let me warn you here, this Internet is not what you think it is. And when the dark one comes, he's going to have a lot more techie savvy than you've ever seen he will bring things that nobody will be able to believe these things will do stuff that you never thought was possible and he will be able to uh, do things that will make him god and this will be the whole whole scenario here now how are they going to be able to make china come along and north korea but see there north korea china iran a lot of these places are already persecuting people to the point that these people can't do anything so we can see this coming and uh, man is going to depend upon their gods their idols their mystics their technology their magicians whatever they can use you know uh and i seen the other guy the other day this guy um he's a psychic and he's offering his services to the uk government now see folks this is exactly what Uh, Pharaoh of Egypt did He had his psychics and his magicians there The UK used to be a Christian country Matter of fact I have got Commentaries right now That are really old That in them And they were put together a long time ago And these commentaries When they're talking about uh, Mystery Babylon These various uh, 
pastors, and they were from the UK and various other places, were talking about the UK being Mystery Babylon. Well, for a lot of years, we were thinking America was Mystery Babylon. But see, Babylon is a mystery. It's not like a regular Babylon because of what this spirit does, this power does. So it's interesting when we see all these things come together. Because uh, when we talk about a cloud, Jesus Christ, behold, he comes with the clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Now in John 3, verse 16, everybody knows that verse. You know, boy, you can be saved. Just believe in him and that's it. They failed to read the rest of it where where it specifically says that people will not come to the light. They're... Why? Because they love darkness more. Not everybody is going to be a Christian, folks. It's just not going to happen. And not everybody in the world is going to love Christianity or the Lord. There was a place when we had in Europe and in um, the UK as well, we had Christianity, so to speak. We had Christian power all the way from Rome north. And uh, it was during the time of the popes, uh, and one of the biggest, we're still in the time of the popes, but this one is different. Uh, One of the biggest, uh, um, you know, slaughter of Christians went on when the Catholic Church was trying to purge their midst. Uh, And, of course, they they will never lift out how many many people. They were afraid to death. During that time, these popes welded tremendous power. The Church of Rome was corrupted. People say it's even corrupted even more. I think today, these people today, uh, especially this pope, uh, he needs a lot of help. Uh, He's a leader, but uh, some of the stuff he says is just, well, that's a whole other thing. But at any rate, so what we're talking about, we're talking about, Isaiah 19.1, we're talking about on the cloud. We're talking about judgment upon a land. We're talking about judgment on gods and idols and mystics and everything that's against God. Okay, we fast forward to the time of revelation and the time of the coming of the Son of Man. The same thing's going to happen, but on a bigger scale. Now, this is another one, another thing that, that we see uh, in Isaiah 19.2. And this is one that I specifically pointed out, and and uh, when I, I've seen a lot of these verses years and years ago, and through the years reading them, there's more and more revelation that that comes with stuff. This now listen to these verses and think, okay? Think of division, civil war. Think of nations that are falling apart. Think of what's happening in the UK. One of these days, the UK, a former Christian nation, will become Muslim. Think of the fact that a sorcerer, so to speak, a soothsayer, a spiritist, has given his services to the UK government. Now, of course, none of our countries, you know, um, are theocracies. But the fact of it is, one time they had a very powerful Christianity throughout the whole region over there in Europe and the UK. Just a minute. 
Sorry about that. We'll take care of that. So at any rate, think on these things. Now, here's the verse. And I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians, and they shall fight everyone against his brother and everyone against his neighbor, city against city and kingdom against kingdom. Now, that really happened in history. And uh, I'll go down a little bit. I don't know if I got all that in there. But at any rate, the history of Egypt is amazing. But the reason I bring this up is not to tell you all the history of Egypt. But see, you're talking about Egyptians against Egyptians. Uh, Everyone is going to fight against each other. The neighbors are going to fight. You're going to have city against city. You're going to have little kingdoms within there. You see, when the Lord judges... He brings the enemies of God against each other. In this case, Egypt is fighting Egypt. So as a result, you have division, chaos, wars. And out of that, you have a society that totally falls apart. Until one of the kingdoms or one of the people actually are able to bring it together again. Now, you see, we see this same kind of thing that God uses even when the enemies came against Israel and God uh, had Israel do various kinds of things. That's uh, pretty much how Sennacherib got judged. First of all, he brought his armies right to the gates of Jerusalem and mocked God. The second, you know, by the evening or the next morning, an angel had slaughtered his whole, uh, sent a plague and slaughtered his whole uh, army. And he went back um, to uh, his city. And while he was in the the temple of his God, worshiping his God, probably trying to find help, his son, his sons uh, killed him. So, and the son that came out of it, uh, that actually marks some of the last rulers of that, of the Assyrian kingdom. It started coming to a close. But you see, here, look at America. You know, why can't we be unified? Why are we so divided? Is it because of Donald Trump? Is it because of Obama? Is it because of Pelosi and the Democrats? I mean, who? Well, why is it going on? But if you look around, look at what's happened in the UK. They had a terrible problem trying to get somebody elected over there. Finally, they got someone that was for the Brexit. And even now, it's a mess over there. And they're also having a hard problem with even dealing with all the radical Muslims they got over there because they never dealt with it. You see the same kind of problems within some of the countries in Europe where it's not even safe to go. And uh, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, I remember reading that uh, I think it was Sweden. Uh, just told their women to go ahead and be raped so you don't get killed. Uh, The Ayatollah, Khomeini, it it was in the news yesterday. One of the rules that they have over there is that if you have a woman, a Muslim woman, sitting on death row and she's never been married, never had a man, they're to rape her so she don't go into paradise. 
See, you don't hear the liberal news talking about that. Look at Israel. I think it took four elections in order to, uh, of course, Netanyahu got, uh, got every time, but they still haven't formed a government that I know of. But around the world, we see chaos and division. America is the same way, division. What is this? This is a sign of the last days. You see this division, and you can see the same thing in Isaiah 19, too. When God begins to work, he stirs the nations. He sets brother against brother. He, he, he will get in there, and he will allow this spirit, and we're going to... Uh, we're going to get in further into this. We can't go much more. We're coming to the end. But remember this verse. And you look around at America. Because if this country does not repent, which the chances of it doing are next to nothing, the one hope you did have and, the, and everybody hates, and that is Donald Trump. He's been pro-choice. He opposes abortion. Actually, not pro-choice, but he's uh, he opposes abortion. A most president like that. He's done more for Christian and the Christian cause in America. He's done more for the cause of Israel and a lot of other things. So he's done a lot of things that a lot of other people don't like. And we have been teaching our children immorality for a lot of years. You think on these things. You mark my words. What Isaiah prophesied, yes, it happened. But the principle behind it, you better pay attention to. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Bless your word to all those that hear it. Let them understand it. Give them spiritual discernment. Help them And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word. Okay, Tower. So we've got, uh, we'll get in really into the, the midst of that. I like this, and, and, um, we like didn't hear. Can, we didn't oh, can hear, you hear you. me. Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead and do it again. Okay. Oh, I'm just. Um, you can really see the day and age we're living in now in Isaiah. I. It's just clear as day to me. You know, the way what's going on in all the countries and in America, it's pretty clear. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, that's true. It does. It's absolutely amazing. Well, I'm thankful that you guys have joined us whenever you do. May God bless you richly in this new year. We love you. We pray for you. May God be with you. And look to him in all your situations. Good night, everybody. Good, good night, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode okay. of The Warren Radio. Warren Radio.